0: And I am white. And together we are big and white. And you are listening to the Big and White Podcast, a podcast where we explore what it means to be a foreigner in Asia. So, what are we talking about today, Big? We're talking about trekking in Nepal,
1: which basically means walking in the mountains. What's not to love about that? I know. But first, how was your week? Tell me everything. I will. <laughs>
0: yes. Get off my back. I'm just so excited. Big um this week i bought some shoes
1: can you hear the smile in her voice i
0: love shoes so much and nepal specifically Kathmandu, is pretty hard on shoes it's very dusty it's dirty you walk a lot you bike a lot they get exposed to things the sidewalks are not so flat no so a lot of scuffing suede dies instantly Mm -hmm. white is no longer white Not just me, but my shoes,
1: (laughs) the heels like the bottom part of my heels and my shoes keeps just like spontaneously coming out. I don't know how it happens. Yeah,
0: like you can tell how long a tourist has been in Nepal by what their shoes look like. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I bought some white low top converses. They're beautiful. And I haven't had converses since I was like 16 years old. So I'm delighted. It feels obviously. so good.
1: I love Chugs so um, much.
0: But yeah, why it's significant is that I bought them to be gym shoes because I'm joining Big's gym this week. Yes. She wants to be just like me. I it's mean, fine. sure. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. tell yourself that, yeah. Big. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited, though. I think it'll be really good. But yeah. anyway, it cracked me up because I was like, I really want these shoes. But I was like, you can't buy white shoes for Nepal. They're going to be white for like one day and then they'll never ever recover and you'll have wasted all that money. But if you buy them for gym shoes, they will stay white. Because if you work out at a gym in Nepal, you have to have special shoes that haven't ever been used for the outdoors Mm -hmm. yeah you got your inside shoes then you got your outside shoes everyone will like change their shoes when they get to the gym put on their clean shoes and work out and yours will be beautiful and white yeah so i can keep them white forever and look look cute it'll be amazing
1: when you instagram your gym moments i'll look like i'm in america (laughs) except with the cool amazing view at my gym of the whole city i go to the best gym in catminty you guys
0: the pump check it out i'll instagram it please do tomorrow magical not tomorrow. You don't know what day we're posting this. <laughs> <laughs> also known as we don't know what day we're exactly. posting this. <laughs> Yeah, more specifically. Right, yeah, uh, so that's me. What about you? What'd you do? Uh, my
1: exciting thing this week is also clothing related, except it's about how scandalous I am. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Today, you guys, I'm wearing a dress that goes above my knees <whistles> with no leggings underneath. <laughs> Sexy mama. <laughs>
0: I mean, you cycled.
1: I know, that actually, I was like, "Mm," and then I got on my bike and I was like, whoa, that's my whole bike. I
0: feel the seat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, but if you don't know, in Nepal, the modesty rules are that you cover your legs and show as much of your stomach as you want. (laughs) Yep. But in the city over the last few years, things have begun to get a lot more relaxed and you see people wearing shorts my goodness. Yep. A oh, wawa wow, wee waa. Wow. Yep. And dresses and stuff like that. So I don't do it very often because I still have that old mentality of you have to cover your legs. And I think you know it's like more respectful and conservative. Like at work, I would always cover my legs. Right. But every once in a while, it's fun to be free. And let yeah. my leg skin breathe yeah the clean air the the dusty air of Kathmandu. yeah yeah (laughs) so I felt very scandalous and very stylish and very rebellious today
0: (laughs) we went to to the the fancy
1: mall which is a good place to be rebellious I feel like I never liked the mall until I moved overseas now I love malls (laughs)
0: Like I had to like work my way up to like them all here. Mm -hmm. Like it was too fancy. I didn't know like how I was supposed (laughs) to act or like perform like what my role was in this place. And like a lot of the clothes is kind of expensive. But then I realized the clothes are just expensive everywhere in Nepal. So now I shop there. So here we are. That's where I bought my shoes. Yes. (laughs) It was a great day. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Great day for everyone's fashion.
0: Okay. Well. Let's do it. Shall we talk about
1: the mountains? Yes. Ba-ba-ba-bum. Trekking in Nepal is one of the most common activities here for tourists, and it's magical and amazing, and you all should do it, and highly recommended, yes, but we wanted to give you some more information on it. To start this out, I want to talk about some misconceptions about trekking. Let's do it. What
0: trekking in Nepal is not. It is not summiting Mount Everest. No, no. That's just a misconception about Nepal in general is that we spend all our time looking at, sitting on the top of, <laughs> etc. on Mount Everest. Mm-hmm. So Nepal has lots and lots of mountains. Doesn't it have eight of the top 10 highest mountains I in the world? I think so. We got many's here. Yeah. And so definitely it's a good opportunity to trek or whatever term you want to use for this. Mm-hmm. Walk around the mountains for <laughs> an extended amount of time. It's beautiful. Yeah. But there's lots of other treks that aren't just about Everest. Like an Everest space camp is not all there is. Although Everest space camp
1: is an amazing trek.
0: Yeah. And I especially recommend
1: if you want to go in that area, but see something prettier than boring, bland Everest Base camp, go to Gokio Lakes, my friend. Such a magical land.
0: Yeah. Because you can see Mount Everest, right? Like it's a yeah. better view of Mount Everest than mm-hmm. at base camp, right?
1: You can also go over a pass to base camp. So you can do like a little loop yeah. instead of an up and back.
0: Yeah. My roommate just did um, three passes, mm. which I think goes through base camp. It like... does. It's in that area. Yeah. yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah, that one's supposed to see amazing.
1: But there's tons of other places that you can trek. The Annapurna region is really popular. Yeah. Um, that's near Pokhara, which is the second largest city in Nepal, but there's lots of other areas too, um, that are, you know, more or less popular. Some places are super remote. Some places you need like super special permits for. Mm -hmm. Okay. What's another misconception of trekking in Nepal? Trekking is not camping. Yes. I feel like this is a mindset change that you
0: have to make when you're thinking about trekking in Nepal. And even as you're listening, you're probably like, okay, but I've been backpacking in the States or Norway or wherever you're from, Mm -hmm. and I know what's what. No, you don't. No. Go away. Stop. Stop
1: thinking you Swipe your mind. (laughs) Listen, my young friends. (laughs) Let us imbue some wisdom. Mm. So the way trekking works in Nepal is you stay in what are called tea houses. So this originated from when people would just walk around the country before tourism, and they would just go up to a village and be like, hi, can I stay at someone's house? And then people would be like, okay. (laughs) yep." (laughs) So now it has turned into all these little, like, small hotel cabin type places where you stay when you go trekking.
0: Yeah, it's almost like a Camino de Santiago kind of setup. Mm, Okay. Like, you don't need to carry all of your own food. You right. It's the assumption. Well, I'll say for most places, for most treks in Nepal, the well-traveled ones, then the expectation would be that you're going to stop for your meals at established restaurant-y hotel kind of places.
1: Right, yeah. And so there are some areas that are a lot more remote where people don't live, but those are less common. They're more difficult to get to, more expensive to do. So more commonly, when you go on a trek, it's not like – You're alone in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. You're kind of on this tourist route, only it's in the rural
0: areas instead of the city. Or not even necessarily just the tourist route. You're just like on trails that people are using for their daily work. They're like, I'm just going to the field. See you later. (laughs) And you're like, okay, I'll follow you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So depending on what kind of trek you do... Like, you can be in, like, a pretty touristy area. You can be in a super remote area where people don't live. Or you can just, like, walk to villages where people live and hang out. And usually those are called cultural treks. Those are fun, too.
0: I basically did that for work. Yeah. That's what the gorilla (laughs) trek is like. Right, yeah. Less established, but, Mm -hmm. yeah. What else is trekking not? It is not cheap. No, no.
1: (laughs) I was giving my friend a about coming to Nepal and he was asking me like what he should do and he was like oh yeah like how much would this trek cost or whatever and we were talking about the Everest trek and I was like yeah probably like at least a thousand (laughs) dollars he was kind of like what (laughs) (laughs) and I could tell he did not believe me he was like asking questions you know like trying to figure out like where's the lie here (laughs) But um yeah, because you buy food at these tea houses and you you sleep in them, you don't camp in tents, um, that costs money and it's usually good to go with a guide. That costs money. And depending on which area of the country you're going to, you're going to have to buy permits and those can be pretty expensive. I mean, it's worth it, my friends. Yeah. It's very worth it. And all that money goes to maintaining the natural areas of Nepal and keeping them beautiful and trash-free and well-preserved. So totally worth it. But prepare
0: your heart and your wallet
1: for monies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> for- that's exactly what you came to Nepal to do, right? Just spend money. I'll tell you, exactly. yeah. mean, that's right. Exactly. I mean, that's why I live place. here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something else that trekking is not is that it's not actually necessarily representative of nepal
1: yeah so if you come here and you spend two days in Kathmandu, in the tourist area and
0: then you go trekking for 11 days and then you leave you have not really seen nepal i'm sorry to say i mean you'll no matter how like developed the trek is that you do you'll probably walk through some villages and see some local houses and stuff and you're like cool i totally know what nepal is like but No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Also remember that Nepal has many different climate zones. So no matter where you go on your trek, it's not going to be representative of the whole country because there's also jungle, plains, there's high desert, there's middle hills, there's all kinds of different areas. Um, But you will get to see some of the most beautiful places probably. Yeah. Amazing. Another thing about trekking is it's not actually that hard, depending on which trek you do. I mean, some areas, like the Annapurna areas, there's a lot of up and down. There's a joke here. It's called Nepal flat. Little bit up, little bit down.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It like equals itself
1: out. Right. If you start and end at the same elevation, it doesn't matter how much up and down you do. It's flat. Yeah. Um, But depending on where you go, like if you're going to a higher elevation area, you can't go up that fast. It's like when I did the Gokyo trek, once you get to a certain elevation, you can only hike like three hours a day. Yeah. So you think like, oh, I'm going to go on this amazing like athletic adventure. And then by 11 a.m. you're like, well, time to sit in the living room by the fire. I'm going to read my third book. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, there's some treks that are really good even for like kids or, you know, if maybe you're not like super fit or you're worried about altitude. There's a huge range of different treks and like how physically challenging they are
0: if you have listened to this episode until this point thinking that there's no way that you could actually do a trek in nepal take heart you can there is a trek for you you really can our (laughs) next um our next point is trekking is not easy on your bowels (laughs) yes i said bowels with a b So, one thing about the tea houses is that almost across Nepal, there is a set menu. You know kind of what to expect. Mm -hmm. I mean, the food. You got your Dalbat. You got your Chow Mein. You got your Momos. Yep. You got your Chapati. Yep. Your vegetable soup. Mm. Your veg noodle soup. Mm. For breakfast, you got porridge. Eggs anyway. More Chapati pancakes that aren't pancakes <laughs> they're kind of like dutch pancakes where they're like yeah. really thick crepes yeah. they don't have um like rising ingredients in them so mm-hmm. they're a little rubbery anyway that's it that's yeah all you that's got. it you're those things yep and maybe uh, a snickers bar that costs yep. you a hundred dollars yep so but it's a lot of carbs like you're not gonna really get very many vegetables and uh my first trek i had a very hard time like, I do not digest those kind of foods very easily. So, order them. They're going to be delicious. Mm, but that's what you need it too, if you've been yeah. hiking for, like, nine hours. Yeah. Yeah. After we just talked about only hiking three hours a day. Yeah. Like, yeah, you need all your carbs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you gotta balance it anyway,
0: out. Yeah, maybe just take some, like, stool softener or... What's that tea? Smooth move. That's my jam. Yeah. That's a little too too intense too you. up in the air you don't know what's gonna happen like when it's gonna hit you <laughs> yeah true so just, you don't want that yeah. to hit
1: you on the trail
0: okay the last thing on our list
1: of misconceptions about trekking is trekking is not just for foreigners woohoo yeah i always love it when i go trekking and i meet Nepalis because i feel like a lot of Nepalis don't travel in their own country yeah i mean this is true of americans too I swear, I always meet Germans and Dutch people who have seen more of America than I have, <laughs> and French people. French people are everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So the same is true of Nepal. I think a lot of Nepalis, especially that grow up in Kathmandu, like haven't seen much of their own country. But I think that's changing. And the last few treks I went on, like almost everyone that we met besides us, was
0: Nepali. Kind of, yeah, it depends on like what trek you're doing, probably. But mm-hmm. it's definitely becoming more. Vogue to do fitness kind of activities like mountain biking is also huge, up and coming yeah. sport. Yeah. So there's that new
1: trail running lady.
0: Yeah. She's amazing. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So
1: now that you know what trekking is not, we want to give you some ideas for what you should think about when you're planning a trek, and just other things that you should know
0: about to be prepared. Step one, decide what trek you're going to go on. This is not as easy as it sounds. There are so many treks.
1: There are. So we mentioned that not all treks are on top of Mount Everest. Nope. (laughs) The Annapurna Range is really popular. That's near Pokra, which is the second bit of biggest city in nepal
0: and there's even just like annapurna range there's multiple treks you can do like you can do annapurna base camp which we've both done mm-hmm. right
1: poon hill Beautiful. is only four
0: days and that one has an
1: h- amazing panoramic view yeah. of the mountains you can do a longer one that's called the annapurna circuit i really love to do that that's like 20 something days right and so yeah and there's there's treks that range from like quite short to quite long you can do some straight out of Ketmendu. Uh, Long Tongue is another good one. That one's directly north of Kathmandu. I feel like that's when we get into the mountains really quickly because it's a short jeep ride from from Kathmandu. Mm -hmm. And then you just go straight up, baby. Yeah.
0: You can even – like if you're – maybe it's hard to travel by bus or jeep or something, then you can even do – the Kathmandu Valley Rim, there's mm. treks just around our valley. Yeah, my friend did that. And then he ended like in Bakhtapur,
1: which is That's one so of the noari cool. towns around here. So fun. Yeah. yeah. You can also go further west, which I have not done and I would love to. Yeah. That's more remote areas where you might need to camp yep. or... Um yeah, you definitely want to guide when you're going in more yeah. remote areas like that.
0: I've been to one trek kind of out that way. It's not the far west. It's mm-hmm. the Midwest, this area that I was in. But it's called the Gorilla Trek. Like G-U. Like Gorilla Fighters. Yes. Like Jungle Fighters. Not like. I don't know how to spell either gorilla. G-U. G-O-R-I-L-L-A. There it is. It's not that one. G U E R not gorilla, but gorilla. Mm. Yes. <laughs> wow. Anyway, that's, yeah, the where the Maoist insurgency started. It's like a cultural trek. And it's pretty new. Like, brand new set of stairs oh, really? was like being put in or had just been put in when we went there. And it's also where the Door patent hunting reserve is. So if yeah. you're a hunter, you can go. That would be so interesting. Yeah. So, and that was beautiful, too, like. I don't even know what mountains those were, but we were just, we were the only ones there. Yeah. And just fresh snow. oh one one of the most amazing things. So cool.
1: Yeah. And you mentioned stairs. Some treks have a ton of like built stairs. I yeah. remember that being really surprising to me the first time I went trekking. Like I thought I was going to the wilderness. And here's these like beautiful stone stairs that you're yeah, climbing up. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. there's stairs like that all over the country just because people live Get on hillsides and they need to get to their house yeah but in some of the trekking areas it almost feels like i don't know it's so curated it feels mm-hmm. kind of weird yeah yeah so i really w- want to go far west that's like bucket list that i haven't done yet there's a city out there town whatever that you can fly to it's called jomsom but i don't know the names of any treks out there
0: yeah, yeah i don't quite know either that's kind of like jomsom is like well first of all buying trekking permits to go to that area is like 500 us dollars mm-hmm. which kind of dissuades me from going <laughs> but that's a beautiful area it's kind of um what do you call that like in the rain shadow mm. so it's a little more like arid high kind of high elevation right. high desert high right? desert yeah. yeah yeah and so like a lot of mountain bikers will go on treks whatever you want to call that mountain cool. biking trips yeah. from there <gasps> beautiful that would be so fun yeah and that's where is that where the great
1: himalayan trail
0: starts yeah well no it's farther like as far west as you could possibly go so basically in pakistan <laughs> yeah pretty much so yeah if all of these tracks sound just not intense enough for you then <laughs> you can do the great himalayan trail that goes from well across the entire north northern length of the country Mm -hmm. so a lot of people will go from east to west but you can also start in the west and end in the east so how long does it take um i don't think many people do it as like a through trail Mm. i've heard different things like something like a hundred and 20 actual walking days or probably like with rest days that you would need maybe about 150 160 total days yeah wow as so a like five hike? five six months yeah that's which, crazy which like it's actually not that long like how many kilometers was it um yeah so i just looked it up it's 1700 kilometers which is how many miles is that like a thousand miles yeah so yeah it's not actually like in terms of through hikes like right compared to like the pacific crest trail or something the Appalachian trail or something it's not that long but the elevation changes are pretty crazy so you just logistically your body can't handle that much change so some of those days it's only like three or four hours of walking that you can do and then you have to rest Mm -hmm. and adjust So this says that the highest point is
1: 6,146
0: meters. Oh my gosh. So that's like over 20,000 feet. Over 20,000 feet. Yeah. That would be so amazing. I actually have some friends who are looking to do it do it as a through hike from the west to the east of the country in the new year oh so jealous yeah and i kind of want to join them for like some part of the trail <laughs> it's your
1: job for five months it's fine. <laughs> it's fine i don't have
0: anything you know busy yeah you know, it's totally nothing cool. to do no yep so that's the great himalayan trail that would be epic So you've done in the east just for work, right? But Mm -hmm. that's a trekking area.
1: Yeah. So we actually walked for part of our work. We were on the Great Himalayan Trail. Mm. So we actually met some people who were doing it. They were like at the end because they were on the east side. And yeah, man, I don't – what do I want to say about them? They were weird. I don't know why I brought them up. (laughs) It'll Um, change you, man. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we met some people and they were doing it and they actually – um had a guide and porters and tents and stuff. Mm -hmm. Because for the majority of the way, I think you can't really stay in those tea houses that we were telling you about. A lot of it's more remote and Mm -hmm. people don't actually live there because it's such high elevation. So for that, you definitely need like a lot of equipment and you need people who are local experts in what you're going to need to survive in those crazy, crazy climates. Yeah. Nuts, dude.
0: So that is a lot of... Well, I guess we mostly just talked about all of the mountains, like the north of the country that you can do. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have been on a trek in the hills, which means lower elevation than the Himalayas, but (laughs) higher elevation than the jungly southern Terai portion of the country. So my trek that I went on is called Pique Peak. Mm-hmm. I think I mispronounced it the entire time I was there. I think I said we were all saying like pikey, pikey peak. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Because, I mean, America, we're, we know about Pike's Peak. True, So yeah. it looks like that. Oh, pikey peak. <laughs> <laughs> but that was really fun because it's a less developed trek. It's hasn't been in operation for very long. And um, we also did it backwards, like in the opposite direction that most people do, which was really a great choice fun we only met one other group of foreigners while we were doing the trek Mm -hmm. but it was just awesome because it was more it was kind of closer to what we would do in our jobs like you're staying Mm. just in people's houses like yes it's technically a lodge but they're kicking their kid out of their bed so you can sleep in it so that's awesome yeah that's something you want to think about when you're picking a
1: trek like for me i like to do those kind of Less well-traveled ones. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my favorites I've ever done is called Narfu. That was amazing. I want to go on that one. Yeah, we were like the only people on the whole trek. Mm. Um, We met like three Nepali guys and a Singaporean gal. Heck yeah. (laughs) That was it in like 11 days. Yeah. I really like that. But like I know some of my friends that have come to visit, Part of their enjoyment of going on a trek is meeting other trekkers, mm. other people from other countries, you know, just like mingling. And also a really fun part of traveling mm-hmm. is getting to meet people. So if you are more interested in that kind of experience, then you'll want to do one of the more popular treks. And that can be really fun, like in the evening, sitting in the lodge. Like I've had some amazing times just like the Italian guy and the French girl and the two Chilean ladies and the Germans and... The Americans, and we're all, like, trying to play a card game together. Yes. (laughs)
0: It's awesome.
1: Yeah. So once you decided where you want to go, the next
0: thing you want to think about is whether you want to travel with a local guide. And generally, our recommendation is that you should Mm -hmm. for a few reasons. One, it's not like trekking in most other countries where you're like, oh, there's a trail here. Obviously, this is the trail that I should be on. Nepal, I, like I already said, a lot of the trails that you're going to be on are just people's trails that, you know, they're using for work and life. There's lots of trails you, and they're not marked as being part of a trek necessarily. So you might be trying to
1: get to your tea house and you might end up in someone's rice field. Exactly. Yeah. Another good reason to get a guide is just to support the local economy. Yeah. A lot of Nepal's economy is based on tourism, and being a guide is actually, like, one of the best jobs that you can do. And so I feel like it's good to support
0: Nepal in that way. Yeah. And you can learn a little Nepali. Like, when I went on my first trek, I'd only lived here for two or three months, and so my Nepali was bad. Um, (laughs) But the guide was awesome. He would just, like, once in a while be like, Baini, which is little sister, it's kind of like a respectful, but also I'm higher than you on the totem pole kind of term. <laughs> Baini, what is rainbow? <laughs> like testing, yeah. And I'm like, Indrani. <laughs> that's
1: awesome. And he, you
0: know, like, he taught me some Nepali songs, and Fun. it was great. Just, yeah, just yeah, be like, what's this? What's
1: this? Yeah. And if you travel with a guide who's actually from the area that you're trekking in, that's so fun because they can tell you about the local culture and they
0: know all the plants and animals are and all of that. And if you're trekking during like the busy season, Mm. then you're going to want a guide because they have all the phone numbers of the lodges and they can call ahead and say, hey, I'm coming with three people and they're going to need a room. Because I've known a lot of people who don't have a guide. They show up and the lodges are all full mm-hmm. and there's nowhere for them to sleep or they have to sleep in the dining rooms. Right. Yeah, peak season for trekking here
1: is like April and October, pretty yeah. much. So I would recommend, actually, I've been trekking several times over New Year's, like December, January. Mm-hmm. And it's so cold. But you get really clear skies, great views. Yeah. And you're like the only people in yep. the whole area. <laughs> yep. So, um, there are also some treks that you can do during the summer, which is like the rainy time, monsoon. Normally you don't want to trek then because you're not going to get good views because everything's cloudy. But apparently there's are some areas that are drier that, um, peak season is like July. Yeah. So make sure that you just kind of check when you're planning. If you're planning a trip to Nepal, think about the time of year as far as like what would be good for what area of the country you want to go to. So along with a guide, you also might want to think about getting a porter or two or ten. Yep. I don't know how much stuff you have. Yep.
0: It does kind of feel like an extravagance, but it's totally worth it, man.
1: Yeah. I've never checked
0: with a porter, actually. I just I feel love like it. because you're staying
1: in tea houses, you are hardly are carrying anything. Yeah. I'm used to backpacking in the U.S. where you're bringing all your food, you have your tents, you have all this stuff. When you trek here, you
0: have your clothes and your sleeping bag. Right. And, and even like, bar. <laughs> like when we're working, you yeah, know, yeah. then you're carrying all your stuff and you're carrying all this recording equipment. And yeah, that's true. And I like looks. I <laughs> did have a – we had a porter when we traveled for work. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the nice thing – I mean, again, you're supporting someone. You're paying someone a salary. Yep. And it also means that you can bring more stuff if you want. Yeah. You know, you can, like, have more clean clothes or whatever. Um, Or maybe you are, like, a photographer and you have kind of some heavy equipment. Yeah, I
0: think... Yeah, it's freeing. Like, you don't have to stress about it yeah. too much.
1: Or if you have, like, bad knees and carrying yeah. heavy things yep. is hard on you. Especially if you go into an area with a lot of stairs, man. Ooh, yeah.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, it's nice. Like, a lot of the times, uh, porters are young guys who are like training for the Nepal army Mm, want to get in shape or their actual trekking guides who are either in training or they're like just kind of off season and they want a little extra work. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty nice. And it used to be that they would do like the typical Nepali style of carrying things where you like wrap a rope around the actual bag and then strap it to your forehead, put it against your forehead. So that's most of your weight is against your head. A really strong neck, man. Yeah. I don't know how they do that. So it used like you would have all of your extra like your bag that your porter is carrying would be in like a duffel or something. But now it's getting more common that porters use backpacking pack oh, so really? oh i didn't know that yeah you might want to ask your guide what kind of pack that you should put your things in like mm. and if you need, you know if he's like yeah you need this kind of bag then you can buy a really cheap knockoff in tom L or wherever yeah yeah so. another easy step for you to do is to get a map hey wow <laughs> imagine you're not gonna have google coverage i promise you yes always have a map but you don't need to like Figure out, you know, you don't need to order it from Amazon or something. No, just buy it when you're here. Just buy it here. Like there's there's so many stores completely devoted to the selling of trekking maps. So true. Yeah.
1: And that's true of a lot of things that you need for your trek. You can get it here. Like don't plan too far ahead. I feel like you'll just end up spending extra money on stuff that you don't need to. Yeah. Just get it locally once you're here. So we already mentioned permits briefly, but most places that you're going to want to trek in Nepal, you will need... A permit or two. Yep. Um, there's one called your TIMS Tracker Information Management System. Mm-hmm. And you need that pretty much anywhere you go. And you have to show the permit, So they basically, so they can keep track of where you are. And if you disappear, then they can be like, well, the last place she was yeah. was here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, in some areas, they're restricted. And you have to pay extra to go into those areas. And usually, those are the best areas. Yep, that's so how you know. Get ready to shell out some cash.
0: And you can do those again, your guide will know what to do. And mm-hmm. sometimes he's even able to get them for you. Mm-hmm. But you can I, also get them at a travel agency. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's mm-hmm. nice. I've never done that. Mm-hmm. I've done it myself mm-hmm. in um, an office kind of by Tom L. It's mm-hmm. in, within walking distance of Tom L. There's also one in Pokra. Yeah. Just bring um, passport photos of yourself. The one thing that you want to buy not here before you go.
1: Is snacks? Yes, that's not all snacks, but specifically granola bars. Yeah, I like to bring like nuts and dried fruit, and you can buy that here.
0: But granola
1: bars here are kind of
0: sad. Yeah, they all taste the same, and they just aren't very filling. No, they're yeah, it's kind of like a after if a you're cliff American bar. <laughs> like chewy. What are those called? Oh, the Quaker oats. Quaker ones. Chewy bars. It's yeah. that kind of consistency. Very mm-hmm. light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I always like to
1: bring my own Cliff bars, um, which you can buy here now actually, but they're kind of expensive. Yeah. And also hydration pack stuff like, either like Gatorade powder or. They have like little gummies that you can eat that have caffeine in them.
0: Yes. (laughs) Um, Those are magical too.
1: But you don't need to bring a ton of snacks because like we said, you're buying food at these tea houses that you're staying at.
0: And you can buy like candy, like Mm -hmm. Snickers, Kit Kat, stuff Mm -hmm. like that here. Mm -hmm. So not everything. Just granola bars. Yeah. <laughs> I'm passionate about this subject. <laughs> I've made some mistakes in the past. <laughs> For white, snacks
1: are very important. Yeah. Like sometimes when we travel together, like
0: sometimes I'll bring snacks,
1: sometimes I won't. She always has a yep. snack on hand.
0: If I'm hungry, I am not nice. Mm. And sometimes I don't even realize that I'm being not nice because I'm hungry. I'm like, oh, I haven't eaten in a few hours. <laughs> why am I? That's so why mean? I'm grumpy. <laughs>
1: Uh, another important thing is you might be able to charge stuff, but you might not. Was that helpful? The end. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's not like, you know, wilderness backpacking where there's no electricity or charging points. Um, so you can bring electronics. Like I always bring, I actually, I take a lot of pictures on my phone, but I bring my camera out with the backup charger and I usually bring my e-reader. Yep. So at a lot of places you can charge stuff. Sometimes they might make you pay like a dollar or something to charge your phone. But also keep in mind that it's not always the most reliable. You don't know if there's going to be electricity or not. So have stuff to charge with, but also have a backup Yeah. or be ready to not need to charge. Like bring extra camera batteries or bring a solar charger if you have that. Oh, definitely worth it.
0: Okay, let's talk about clothing. Okay. A very important thing to pack. Yes. What would you bring? Let's say like ABC. It's like nine days. Eight or nine days. What would you bring?
1: So I'm like a pretty light packer when it comes to trekking. I sent my friends my packing list. They were like, that's it? (laughs) (laughs) But usually I bring two sets of Mm underlayers. So I bring two sets of like wool pants or like kind of exercise pants. And then I have one pair of trekking pants. So then if it's warm, I can just wear the trekking pants. If it's cool, I wear one of the leggings underneath. And then I do the same thing for my top. So I usually bring like one or two short sleeve shirts and then one or two long sleeved wool or exercise shirts. And then I bring a fleece and a puffy jacket And a windbreaker. And that's it. Yeah. Oh, and two pairs of warm socks. Yep. Yep. So my strategy is I just alternate every day. Like I wear one set of clothes while I'm hiking. And then when I get to the place, I take off the sweaty clothes I had on. I switch to the other set and I wear those all day and all night hiking them. And then the next day, once they're sweaty, take them off. (laughs) Yeah. So it can get kind of smelly. Um, I would say for more than like five days, I'm probably going to have a day where I'm going to try to wash some Mm -hmm. stuff. That's my strategy. But if you have a porter or if you're just willing to carry more clothes and you like want more clean clothes, then you totally can do that. Yeah. But I would say that's the bare minimum that you should pack.
0: Agreed. Yeah. I'm kind of like a, what would you call it? I get hot very easily when mm-hmm. I'm walking, and then I get grumpy. Mm, so it's all about the layers. Yeah, I know by now what I need to wear to not get angry. Like you start <laughs> off in the morning, and you're like, "Oh, it's a little chilly," and then like 200 meters later, you're like, "Oh, I have to take off my whole pack, and I have to take off this fleece pullover," and you know, and then you have to—it's a whole thing mm-hmm. to I'm like all about strip off the Beijing belly. Which is when you just pull
1: your shirt up over like (laughs) your armpits so your your undershirt is exposed. (laughs) But you don't have to take the whole thing off. Right. Yep.
0: Like, yeah, I pretty much know that I want my arms exposed. Mm -hmm. If my arms are covered, then I'm gonna get too hot. Because all your blood leaves that area anyway. So like Yeah, it's hard because usually when you leave in
1: the morning, I mean you're at pretty high elevation, so it's chilly. But then if you're hiking in the sun, it can get
0: Quite hot, yeah, yeah. So, something that is left over from my half marathon running days, um, that I really suggest is compression sleeves. Mm. So, they're basically like having long sleeves on, but then they're not attached attached to anything. So, then if you get hot, then you can just roll them down to your wrist or take them off. Mm. If you get cold again, then just pull them back up. That's genius. I did that for our last work, my last really big work trip where we were walking on the trekking region and we were, you know, going up to really high elevation and it got cold and then we were hot again and I never had to take, took off my pack. That's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. And that it protects you from the sun Mm -hmm. as well.
1: I usually like to pack sometimes if I know it's going to be a warmer trek. I'll pack a long-sleeve shirt that's really light fabric yeah, so that it protects me from the sun, but I don't get super hot. Yep, Yeah, because you do – the higher the elevation, the easier it is to get sunburn. Mm-hmm. I feel like whenever I go trekking, I just have an eternally red nose the whole time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's
1: like whole Santa Claus over yeah. here. <laughs> just prep yourself for it. Yeah, yeah. So fine. some people wear, like, hats to protect their face from mm-hmm. the sun. You essential item – sunglasses. yeah, You've got to have sunglasses because especially if you're in areas with snow, it can be really hard on your eyes when the sun yep. is reflecting off of the snow.
0: Something else that I do if I have a, a porter mm-hmm. is I'll bring two different pairs of shoes. Wow. Which is such a luxury. But I did that for both of my like tourist treks that yeah. I've done. And um, so I would have hiking boots that I would wear for half of the day and then I would change them out to my trail runners because I got kind of weird feet. They're very prone to blisters. My toes are kind of obnoxious. So, yeah, then you're, you know, you don't have the same pressure points. You don't get blisters mm. as much. And... It rains, so then you don't have to worry about having wet shoes. (sighs) Hiking in wet shoes is the worst. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I also always bring um, some sort of, like, flip-flop or sandal to wear around, like, once I've arrived Mm. at the trekking spot. And usually it's good to get something that doesn't go between your toes so that you can still
0: wear your socks with it. So, like, Nike slip-on kind of things or... or Classic soccer shoes. (laughs) Perfect. And also... Just a tip
1: to remember that clothing rules and modesty is different here. So I know that in most Western countries now, it's perfectly normal to wear yoga pants as normal pants. Yeah. That is not perfectly normal in Nepal. So even if it's something that you would normally wear hiking, you know, maybe in North America or Europe, just remember that the crotchel and buttocks area <laughs> are not to be shown here. <laughs> yeah. So in this city, it's, it's not. It's not as big of a deal, but I feel like the more remote you go, the more careful you want to be about just being respectful of the cultural modesty rules. So for women, definitely wear like hiking pants that are a little baggier. And shorts are okay, but they shouldn't be too short, like not much above the knee. And I would recommend not wearing shorts at all for men or women.
0: Yeah. It just, you know, Nepalis obviously know that you're different. Mm -hmm. They don't really expect for you. They don't think that you look like them. But uh, it's just weird.
1: Yeah. I feel like whenever, even if I roll my pants up, like to cool down and then an old lady walks by I'm like I'm so sorry I'm so disrespectful
0: (laughs) I'll pub my favorite pants yet again I think I've talked about them before but the brand is Koala Tree Mm. with a C and they're amazing they have I mean I think it's unisex Mm. maybe but they're the best trekking pants I've ever found especially if you have hips like me and all the regular trekking pants make you look
1: icky (laughs) yeah it can be hard to find good trekking pants that are comfortable but you can buy them here so um something to keep in mind i did mention this earlier is that lots of stuff is real cheap here i made this mistake when i moved here i was like i have to stock up on all of my outdoors gear and i spent a million dollars at rei which let me tell you was pleasurable (laughs) yeah (laughs) But then I got here and I was like, cool, there's 100,000 trekking stores. Yeah. So there are like the actual brand things like North Face and Columbia and Mountain Hardware and Marmot.
0: (sighs) Marmot. Yeah.
1: There's also a lot of very high quality knockoffs.
0: Yeah. And like most of the time they'll tell you if I mean, you'll know that it's a knockoff, but they'll tell you like, well, this one is higher quality than this one. And, you know, so like. It's not all hush hush right yeah <laughs> and some of my favorite athletic gear is knockoffs and they last me just as long right
1: well and especially if you're not as worried about it lasting for a long time you know like i'm just gonna use this for a year or something yep. then it doesn't matter if it's super durable you know and things that you maybe don't want to pack in your suitcase like trekking poles or like I don't know, the right kind of snow gloves or like Mm -hmm. whatever, it's all available here. And there's a lot of places you can go where the people will give you advice. Like you can say Mm -hmm. like, hey, I'm doing this trek this season, you know, How's the weather been lately? Like, what am I going to need? And a really good place for that is Shona's. It's owned by a british Nepali couple. And they always know exactly what's going on. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing the Narfu trek. And they're like, oh, I heard that there was snow on this pass last mm. week. So you probably should bring this kind of shoe, whatever, you know. So that's definitely a great resource as well. Yeah.
0: I think they're on Google Maps, too. Are they? I think we looked them up.
1: Okay, yeah. They're in Tamal, yeah. the tourist area of town. Um, you can also buy trekking stuff in Pokhara. And in Lukla, which is the town where you start the Everest Base Camp trek from.
0: And you can also rent gear, too. Yes. If it's more expensive gear that you don't want to invest in, Mm -hmm. rent it. Yeah. When my friend came and we went trekking, he rented a sleeping
1: bag. I think it was like 60 cents a day. But it was so easy. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. And you can rent packs. You can rent like rain gear. You can rent puffy jackets.
0: Ooh, I just had a thought. Rain gear.
1: Mm, yeah bring rain gear it's gonna rain
0: (laughs) but like depending on the season like again i'm really i get really hot really quick and i get grumpy if it gets wet and i've done a lot of wet trekking yeah you have like i think every single trek has been wet trekking (laughs) three out of three but Most of the time in Nepal, like, you're not going to get really huge windy rainstorms. And it's going to be hot, too, when it's raining. So, like, uh, your rain gear is going to get gross inside because you're going to be sweating. Mm -hmm. So, bring a umbrella. Yes. And it covers your pack. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I can't stress that enough. If you think that's weird... I don't care. Bring it anyway.
1: Well, and you can use it if it's sunny as yeah. well to block the sun. Be super Asian
0: about your life. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. yeah. Great advice. Bring an umbrella, everyone. And speaking of sun protection, bring sunscreen. And yes, bring it. Yeah, don't buy it here. Because... It's way more expensive here. It's so expensive. It's crazy. Yeah. So there's some other things that you're
1: obviously going to need, like a sleeping bag yep. and a backpack to carry your stuff. You don't need a huge backpack. Like, I have a 40 liter that I love. It's super light. Mm-hmm. That's perfect size for me. Yep. Um, I like to bring a blow-up pillow. Most of the places you stay will probably have a pillow, too. Yep. But...
0: And a lot of them will have blankets, too, but don't count on it. Right. And
1: even if they do have blankets, it's cold. You're going oh. to high elevations. You're going to need a sleeping bag. Yeah. yeah when in sure. doubt,
0: pack warmer and everything.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, you also should bring some kind of water filter. You can buy water along the trail, but that is going to get real expensive real quick. Yeah. And you're
0: wasting all these plastic water bottles. And-
1: right, yeah. yeah. So my favorite kind of water filter is the Sawyer Squeeze Filter. It's mm-hmm. so easy. But you can also do like the uv ones or whatever um if you have the kind with a pump those that's gonna be hard because you're usually getting your water out of a tap yeah
0: it works but you have to ask the hotel person like can i have a pot yeah (laughs) dixie you know like and it's just a little bit weird yeah yeah okay about showering. Oh, yeah. Keeping
1: yourself clean. Well, I mentioned that I just wear one set of clothes the yep. whole time. Yep. <laughs> So if you are averse to bad-smelling people, maybe don't go trekking with me. <laughs> yeah, this is something that ranges a lot, I think. Some people, like our friends, when they came, they showered every single day of their trek. Yeah, which I don't do that here. Yeah, to me that is nuts, especially when it's so cold. I'm like, no, no, not worth it. <laughs> um, you can, at some places, pay for them to boil water for you so you have warm water. But yeah, I usually shower like every four days or something. And then I bring baby wipes to wipe down the other day days. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> That's my strategy. <laughs> and uh, one other thing that you might not think to bring is stuff to entertain yourself. Yeah. Like we mentioned, some of your days you might have a rest day, like an elevation acclimatization day or whatever, and you're going to have a lot of free time on your hands. Mm-hmm. So bring a book, bring playing cards, bring a journal,
0: bring your camera, go do some photography. Yep. I bring an audiobook and I bring books on my Kindle mm-hmm. for backup. Yeah, girl. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> and um, you want to make sure you have warm clothes, too, yeah. for just hanging around. Uh, like I went trekking with my friend once and we had just the right clothes for walking. This was ABC. But then when we were sitting in the lodge, she was just like freezing all the time because she yep. didn't have very warm clothes. The
0: coldest I've ever been is in a lodge at the top of abc really yeah yeah there's there wasn't heat yeah it's chilly up there and man. it was a snowstorm i
1: know it's hard i feel like i like trekking in the tibetan regions better because they always have their stoves on
0: yeah they're they, like we know what we're doing
1: yeah in a perna region there's really strict rules about cutting down trees and mm-hmm. stuff so they can't really burn wood and they don't bother to burn anything else
0: so yep. it's just very
1: cold <laughs> Or my friend and I went to bed at like 6 p.m. once because we were so cold.
0: Yep. So we've talked a lot about elevation changes and acclimatization. Um, You should bring altitude meds, even if you're not planning on using them, because they can be used before you feel symptoms or when you feel symptoms, Mm -hmm. not both. Yeah. But or.
1: You want to be really careful with this because if you take altitude sickness medicine, it can mask your symptoms and you might not realize that you have altitude sickness. And altitude sickness can be really bad. Yeah. It can mess up your brain or other parts of your body. And if you start to have it, you got to go down. Yep. I'm sorry. Too bad. Throw away your pride. Yeah. Save your life. Exactly. Yeah. So if you start to get a headache, If you have nausea, diarrhea, like that kind of stuff, those are symptoms. Um, Hopefully, you'll have a guide with you that can help you out or talk to people around you. Um, But, yeah, you can get the meds here.
0: I've never taken them. And I would actually suggest that you get them here because they're going to be cheaper. Like Mm -hmm. Nepal knows about medicine for the mountains right yeah so there's there's um the main one is called diamox Mm -hmm. and i've heard it's actually made in india there's another brand that's nepali made that one of my tracking guides more recommends oh interesting okay um but i can't actually remember what the name of it is so
1: go to the pharmacy and ask (laughs) yeah yeah i actually took a wilderness medicine like first aid course Mm -hmm. which was crazy (laughs) now i have all these traumatic images in my mind of what could happen happen on a trek. But one of the things that we did, this is so interesting, is they have this contraption where if you have really bad altitude sickness and Mm -hmm. you have to wait for a rescue, like for the helicopter to come or whatever, you get inside this tube, this like blow up tube. It's made of this, like the stuff that bouncy castles are made out of. Amazing. And uh, it has a little like clear window in it and you just have to lay in there and then someone outside pumps it up. So it's at like the pressure of sea level. Mm-hmm. So all of the, like your blood is able to absorb the oxygen the way it's supposed to. Cause that's what causes altitude sickness is your, you can't like take in enough oxygen and then you have to just stay in that tube until the rescuers come to get you. <laughs>
0: so one of the so guys- if you don't want to have to do that, you better just listen to your body. <laughs> that's right. And don't go up too fast. Usually yeah.
1: the people who get altitude sickness, most commonly are people who are really fit because they're like, yeah, I can just climb like a thousand meters today.
0: Yeah. No, no, not about that.
1: Yeah, it's not. It's not something that you have control over. And like White said, swallow your pride because it's not an indicator of how fit you are or wow. how healthy you are. Because sometimes really unhealthy people don't get altitude sickness and super healthy fit people get altitude sickness. So
0: something to be aware of and think about. Yeah, so do you have any things like little luxury items that you also always bring? Yeah, I feel like, like I said, I'm
1: a super minimalist when I do trekking. But the one thing that I always bring, you're going to laugh, is mascara. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's my like one makeup item because my eyelashes are so blonde. I feel like if I don't wear it, I have like these tiny baby (laughs) eyes.
0: And when you go trekking, you're taking a million pictures Mm -hmm. because it's so beautiful. So
1: that's my luxury item.
0: Yeah. Um mine is all related to food. <laughs> Good. <laughs> surprise, surprise, I sound so much fatter than I hope that I am. <laughs> <laughs> I can attest you're not that. <laughs> um, yeah, I try and space it out so that I have like chocolate every time that I actually need it. <laughs> and it's kind of funny because for work, I don't do this. Hmm. But if I'm trekking, I think it's because you have so many more off hours. You're just like laying in bed reading when mm. you're trekking. And um, and then when you're working, then you're eating like humongous meals of doll butt. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, I bring usually Snickers or something like that. Nice. And then I also bring little packets of Starbucks via
1: packets, mm, yeah. coffee. Because you can get coffee when you're checking,
0: but it's usually a Nest Cafe. Yeah. So. so, yeah. And then you can just ask for hot water. And mm-hmm. if you want to like make sure that your friends think really highly of you, bring via packets for them. <laughs> yeah. Good. Amazing.
1: Be, be the giver of yeah. the group.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, well, I have a funny story about a time when I should have brought more snacks.
0: Yes, So me.
1: I had gone trekking like several times and there's just always a lot of food available and I never eat all my snacks. And I'm like, why do I lug these around, right? <laughs> so then my friend and I went on the Narfu trek, mm-hmm. which again, highly recommended. Mm-hmm. It's in this like really interesting Tibetic area and they speak mm-hmm. their own language and it's one of the more remote ones. It's, yeah, it's just not super well traveled. And there was a couple of days on the trek where it was like, okay, there's one place to stop for lunch in between the two places we're sleeping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, cool, but there's a lunch place. So I don't like need to bring snacks or whatever. So then this one day we're out trekking through this like winding gorge it's so beautiful it opens out into this wide like mountain kind of like meadow valley with all these baby goats yes and it was like a ghost town there was all these old cool like stone buildings Hmm. that were vacated wow and there's one little lodge that's supposed to where we're gonna eat lunch and we go up to it and it's closed
0: no (laughs)
1: oh no and I could tell our guide felt so bad like he felt like it was his fault which it wasn't obviously so he's like what are we gonna do you know so he's like wandering around and then we see this little old man like walking around behind the goats and we're like haha <laughs> Guide goes over to
0: him and convinces
1: him to give us some food.
0: But it was another good reason to have a guide. Yeah, it
1: ended up being amazing because we got to go in his house, which was like underground. Hmm. So we climbed down one of those ladders that's just like one pole where they carve little notches out of it for your toes to walk down. And we sat there. Which is so fun
0: with your trekking packs, right? Like, I'm going to die.
1: Exactly. And he just fed us um, basically like dado, so but very watery. So it was like this millet porridge mm. essentially, and he was so cute and so shy. I tried to talk to him in Nepali, and he was just like that. Oh. <laughs> we gave him like way too much money for the amount of food he ate, <laughs> but it was. It turned out to be a really amazing experience yeah. to get to
0: see his home and like.
1: Meet this random old man. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) awesome. awesome.
0: Oh, man. Well, my funny tracking story is um, also related to food. Of course. Yeah. So this was during the P.K. Peak trek Mm -hmm. and it's like i said like you're pretty much staying in people's houses and so my friend and i were staying in the same room and so it was really early in the morning and you know we had just woken up so we're just kind of sitting on our beds and we're talking to each other and then um all of a sudden out of the corner of our eyes we kind of just see this hand (whistles) coming through the doorway like (laughs) on the ground (laughs) (whistles) and it's coming from the doorway under my bed <laughs> and my friend and i both just stopped talking we're just, mm,
1: just looking looking at this like
0: what's happening right now and the hand reaches under my bed gets a few potatoes <laughs> gone again <laughs> we never even see the guy's face <laughs> <laughs> and so we were both just like <laughs> And then like maybe 10 seconds later, we just look at each other and just start laughing. Oh my God. And yeah. And I wonder like, I'm like, if now like having worked here for a while, it probably wouldn't phase me. It felt really normal. But like, I can totally picture the guy's mindset. He's like, like, this is the guy who owns the house. And he's like, man, those foreigners, like, I don't want to disturb them, but I need to get some potatoes to make them breakfast. So I'm just going to come in real quiet. <laughs> and just just get it, and then I won't interrupt them, and then I'll go. <laughs> but we're just like, what? Like, you know, the whole, like, the process of, like, working through what's happening. Like, oh, maybe it's our friend who we're trekking with just coming in. No, wait, what? What is that? Hand? Wait, coming towards me <laughs> under my bed, potatoes. Mmm, that explains what I was smelling last night. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're laying in bed like mm. it smells like potatoes. It's a cultural thing, like especially Tibetans. I feel like they'll keep um potatoes and onion and garlic. Like they'll store it under their beds. Mm. and yeah, that was it.
1: There you go, <laughs> magical. And did you have delicious you know potatoes what? for breakfast? They were so good. <laughs> Well, you guys, I hope that inspires you to go trekking in Nepal. Yeah. I mean, you too could have potatoes under your bed. Potato bed. (laughs) Potato bed and porridge. No, but really, I mean, if you do go trekking in Nepal, no matter what country you're from, if you're Nepali, if you're not, it'll be one of the most unique, amazing experiences of your life. And it might suck
0: sometimes. You might hate yourself a little bit, but it will all be worth it. I promise. Let us know if you have been trekking in Nepal or if you're planning on going. Tag us in your pictures. We would love that. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well,
1: now it's time for our very super duper relevant segment of the week.
0: Wow. Already? Okay. Let's get into it. Let's do it. All right. We are talking about something that we got opinions about. So... What is the difference between mountains and hills? There is a big difference.
1: Yes. Let me tell you, whenever people visit me, my house has a south-facing porch, and it has this beautiful view of the southern hills around Kathmandu. And people are always like, wow, look at the mountains. And I'm like, Mm-mm, no, no, not mountains. <laughs> or when you're like, mountains? Where? Where? Yes. where? Yes. <laughs> My friend came to visit when it was cloudy and I was like, I'm so sorry you didn't get to see the mountains. He's like, I saw a mountain. Like, no, you didn't. Like, oh, sweetie, you don't even know. <laughs> yeah. So it is, though, really interesting, like how culturally defined a mountain is. Yep. You would think it would be pretty clear cut, but it's not. If you've ever seen the movie An Englishman Who Went Up a Hill and Came Down a Mountain... <laughs> <laughs> well, if you haven't, I highly recommend it. Baby Hugh Grant, he's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> and Welsh people. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so my friend who's studying geology, when he came to visit, he was telling me they learn a lot about Nepal because obviously so many mountains here. But he was saying that it's pretty culturally defined. So in a lot of cultures, it has to do with the prominence of the mountain over the rest of the area. And if it casts a shadow over the people, kind of. Huh. So like an example would be in Portland. There's like one tall mountain. It's called Mount Hood. And everyone knows about it. Everyone notices it. Like it's very much a part of your understanding of the landscape. And it's very important. So that's a really common way to define what a mountain is. Um, Some cartographers, for example, in the movie, uh, Englishman who went up a hill and came down a mountain with baby Hugh Grant. He's so cute. Highly recommend it. (laughs) They define it as something that's over a 1,000 feet tall, I think. A 1,000 feet? Is that right? Yeah. Well, the UK. They don't got very tall mountains. So. Yeah.
0: No, my friend actually, um, British friend, she realized after like three years of living here that her health insurance didn't cover anything that happened above like 1300 meters no. <laughs> and Kathmandu valley is higher than that so we were like doing a trek together and she realized that she was like no That's because crazy. yeah because it was health insurance originally made for the uk why well, would they even England. define that if they don't have stuff that high? right yeah That's so crazy dude insane yeah
1: so anyway but he told me that he learned in his class That the Nepal definition for a mountain versus a hill is a hill is something that you can grow things on.
0: Oh.
1: So even if it's really tall, like we have some hills here that are, you know, as high as mountains in the US or other places, but they're green and Mm -hmm. you can carve a rice paddy out of that and put some food on it. Yep. So that makes it a hill.
0: That a makes mountain sense.
1: is something more rugged and usually it
0: would have snow on it. Yeah. So be careful what you're calling mountain or a hill. I know the struggle. I'm from Arkansas and we're like, <laughs>
1: everything feels
0: like a very mountain. Very <laughs> comfortable with calling things mountains. I was like showing a Nepali friend pictures of where I'm from and I'm like, you know, we have the Ozark Mountains, the Boston Mountains, the Washita Mountains, and they're all ancient ancient mountains so they're very small and round and smooth yeah Yeah. and um and so i'm showing pictures of the ozark mountains where i'm from and he was like oh so very small hills
1: (laughs) (laughs) you're like oh no part of my identity just died (laughs) right
0: (laughs) but i get it yeah yeah it's an important distinction in the land of mount everest
1: yes definitely
0: (laughs) all right well Thanks for listening, friends. Go do some trekking. Please
1: do. It's really fun. We promise. Yeah.
0: We like doing it. We do it all the time. Yeah.
1: Sort of. It takes a while. You got to take like two weeks
0: off of work. So. True. <laughs> yeah. Um, but
1: yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. Find us on all of the social medias. Email us at bigwhitepodcast at gmail.com. Remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Yes, and many thanks to our patrons that we have. It helps us out so much because having a podcast costs money. Who knew? So we're really grateful to you guys that you're making this possible. And, well, I guess I should hang up now. Okay. Okay.
0: Okay, I got to go. I mean, I've pretty much already hung up. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. Great. Great. Bye. Okay, bye. 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 Bye.